Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Look, you know what the trigger warning is going to be on this episode. We're watching Big. It's about a movie where a grown woman has sex with essentially a 13-year-old boy in Tom Hanks' body. We're going to be bringing that up quite a bit on this episode because it's kind of hard to get around uh, in the movie. Uh, But it is a good episode and honestly, pretty good movie. So we hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. For Josh Baskin, life was a little unfair. Until he made a little wish. I wish I were big. Twentieth Century Fox presents Tom Hanks. Big. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. Now what? Well, we didn't, because, like, I told her, I'm like, we're doing big, and she's like, oh, well, big's a good movie. I'm like, yes, but, (laughs) and it it is a good movie. I think we're both going to land on that, right? Like, it's a good movie. Yeah, oh, it's a great movie. But, uh, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but there's a woman who fucks a 13-year-old boy, and, (laughs) and Stacey's like, yeah, okay, that's not how the movie works, Tony. Like, you're being ridiculous, uh that's not what it is and then we watch the movie and at the end of the movie she's like okay that was pretty fucked up you're right (laughs) she's in the west side looking at the jersey skyline she's in a real bad mood so she get right back to you she has a long stay and it's a great blocked highway she's in a real bad mood Hey everybody, welcome to Probably Should Have Known Better, a podcast where we celebrate comedy that has aged poorly. I'm Nadia Vasquez, and as always, I am joined by the giant piano of my heart, Tony Ginocchio. <laughs> That's very sweet, Nadia. Thank you so much. And, and I mean, we'll say it, the best scene in this movie. Oh, what a delight. I haven't smiled from ear to ear like that in days. I, I, absolutely. Giant grin on my face watching yeah. that scene. Watching the whole movie, just absolutely wonderful, except for a couple very obvious things. <laughs> glaring, glaring things. <laughs> but we will talk about that because today we are talking about Big. Yeah. So exciting. An actual good movie on this podcast. <laughs> actual good movie, 1988, directed by Penny Marshall. And in fact, it is the first film ever by a female director that grossed over $100 million. Hell yeah. Penny Marshall rules. Yeah. Penny Marshall, of course, is Laverne in Laverne and Shirley. She married Rob Reiner. She is uh, the sister of legendary TV producer and guy who directed the other sister, Gary Marshall. And he directed uh, Never Been Kissed. Let's mention yeah. something good that he's done. <laughs> uh, the movie, of course, stars Elizabeth Perkins, Robert Loggia, and in his breakthrough film role, uh, a 33-year-old, I believe at the time, 33-year-old Tom Hanks. Wow. Uh, 
the producer on this film was James L. Brooks, who, of course, uh, would go on to be a producer on The Simpsons. Uh, the director of photography was Barry Sonnenfeld, who would go on to direct Men in Black. Uh, the screenplay was co-written by Anne Spielberg, who is Steven's sister, and Gary Ross, who wrote another great movie we watched on this podcast, Dave. Wow, this movie is stacked. Yeah. And like Nadia was saying, it is an absolute delight. Um, it is wonderful. However. <laughs> <laughs> there is one huge issue. One massive plot point that we can't overlook where we will be, I feel, focusing a lot of our time. Yes. Which is that? Well, actually, let, let's, let, let's let's wait. Let's let's leave. Let's <laughs> let's just build up to that. Let's build up to that. But but I'm sure many of you have seen this film. If you haven't seen the film, uh, it is currently available on Disney Plus, and uh, uh, the film centers around a 13 year old boy named Josh Baskin who just can't catch a break. Wait, uh, I wrote a really good oh, synopsis of this. Can perfect. I? Yes, May absolutely. I please? Okay, a 13-year-old boy named Josh Baskin is horny for one of his classmates. Okay, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) But when he isn't able to ride a roller coaster at the carnival with her because he's too short, he makes a wish on a magical Zoltar machine to be big, which was my favorite part because, you know, when they say the title of a movie, I love that. (laughs) Love that. He, w- he wakes up the next morning as a 30-year-old Tom Hanks and escapes to New York City after his mom mistakes him for a creep. <laughs> he gets himself a job at a toy company in the computer department, <laughs> but soon becomes the vice president of toy development after charming his boss, Robert Loggia, by playing chopsticks on a giant piano with him at FAO Schwartz. He then meets Susan, a girl boss who has no idea he's 13 years old, whom he later fucks. eventually josh decides that he no longer wants to be an adult and makes another wish on a magical zoltar machine to be a kid again susan drives him home he transforms back into a boy before her very eyes and instead of screaming i have fucked a 13 year old boy boy. she smiles at him and drives away so you guys kind of see where our area of focus is going to be which is that uh, uh Elizabeth Perkins' character fucks a 13-year-old boy. And in fact, I believe, I'm not sure, I would love to be proven wrong, I believe this is the only film on Disney Plus where a grown woman fucks a 13-year-old boy. Let's hope so. I haven't really gone through the catalog. (laughs) But uh, now... Now, of course, she's she fucked. And by the way, it's like, oh, do they really fuck or do they just make out? No, it's clear from the movie they super, fuck. Super, 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 super graphic. Very Both. graphic scene where he's clearly touching a boob for the first time. Uh, but uh, he, she, of course, thinks she's having sex with a grown man because she's having sex with Tom Hanks. So legally and physiologically... This man is 33, and then uh, emotionally and intellectually... And spiritually. And spiritually, he's 13, or as Elizabeth Perkins calls it, the jackpot. So... (laughs) I hate that. So, uh, like I said, uh, not only was the casting crew of this film stacked, uh, this, uh, like I said, was the first movie ever by a female director grossed over $100 million, grossed $114 million. Uh, This was the... Fourth highest grossing film of 1988. Incredibly, 
1988, uh, something happened which uh, would be completely impossible today, which is that the six highest grossing films were all comedies. Oh, uh, I missed those days. I was only, oh, I actually was born this year. Yeah, I was one. Um, <laughs> the number six movie in the country, number six highest grossing film in the country for 1988 was Three Men and a Baby. Nice. Number five was Crocodile Dundee 2. Oh. Uh, number three was Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, number two was the classic Coming to America. Hell yeah. Uh, and number one, uh, the film that brought back Disney animation, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Interesting. Uh, this uh, not only was a high-grossing film, but uh, was, if not his very first role, certainly his first uh, breakout role for Tom Hanks, who had previously worked in television. He was nominated for Best Actor, uh, for this movie, deservedly so, uh, at the Academy Awards. And the film was also nominated for Best Original Screenplay, even though, as we'll discuss later in the episode, it might actually have ripped off an Italian film that came out a year earlier. Uh, so, it, it is a, I mean, we can agree, Nadia, this film's delightful. Um, it is so much fun. Yeah. I haven't had fun watching a movie in a long time. Obviously, this is a, a classic movie, and I've probably seen it millions of times. But... To watch it in the state of the world that we're in was such a delight. Absolutely. The innocence, it, the sweetness, the just overall fun. It was great. So if anybody's into a movie that will make them feel better, this is it. This, it will just put a smile on your face. It is just lovely. It's what, The performance by Tom Hanks is wonderful. The story is a lot of fun. However... Uh, still a woman fucking a 13 year old and it's like it's not like a side it's that's the a plot yeah that's that's the a story yeah there are a lot of there are a lot of rites of passage that josh takes in his life (laughs) as this new newly 30s year old man but that was one i just didn't expect (laughs) but you know Uh, here we are here we are so um in addition to uh woman fucking a 13 year old kid um we also have uh kind of uh, the final uh the death throes of the 1980s kind of start to happen uh around this time the movie comes out so there are a couple like 80s aesthetic things like for example the the girl that josh is crushing on at the beginning of the film looks like so stereotypically 1980s yeah, uh, I kind of had and, a jacket that looks like that, so I was yeah, pretty stoked. And <laughs> jean jacket, side ponytail. Um, but mm-hmm. what else was going on in 1988, Nadia? Well, this was the most important year of my life because this was the year that I was born. <laughs> uh, you were one. The top songs of 1988 were George Michael's Faith. What a jam. Mm. George Harrison's Got My Mind Set on You, which was number one when I was born. Michael Jackson's The Way You Make Me Feel. Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up was a huge hit that year. And finally, Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine hit the top ten that year as well. Okay. Uh, the interesting part about pop culture at this time is uh, small things were a big deal. So Scrappy-Doo was basically written off of Scooby-Doo that year because he was considered the most hated character in fiction at the time. <laughs> And received so much backlash, 
Hanna-Barbera received so much backlash that they had to write him off of the show because everyone fucking hated him. And it was one of the biggest deals in pop culture. And I, I got into a huge click hole about it. Please, please do research on it. It's very funny. Uh, that year, table tennis, or ping pong, became an Olympic sport. Uh, this made me laugh. The Brave Little Toaster very, very nearly took home the top award at the Sundance Film Festival, but the judges were afraid that the festival would lose its credibility because it was a cartoon. <laughs> it's, but it's such a dark cartoon. <laughs> Super dark and so good, and but it didn't end up winning, which is such a bummer. I wish that, you know, they weren't cowards, but anyway... <laughs> 1988 was the first year that CDs outsold vinyl records. Mm. Uh, actor Jeremy Stewart uh, made a plea in Congress. Is that, is that a Jimmy Stewart impression? Yeah, wasn't it so bad? <laughs> Jer- Jeremy. Uh, oh, Jeremy Stewart. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's okay, though. That's I'm great. owning I'm- it. Yeah, I'm leaving all that in. Uh, sorry, okay. but he, he appeared in front of Congress. He appeared in front of Congress because uh, Ted Turner wanted to colorize classic black and white movies, including It's a Wonderful Life, and Jimmy Stewart said that it was morally and artistically wrong that well, these pr- profiteers would leave, that that they would do this to this movie and that they need to leave these classic films alone. Well, he's right, yes. uh, but he lost. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because they, they have colorized It's a Wonderful Life. I know. It's pretty sad. So, you know, just goes to show that when you go to Congress, nothing they won't happens. Listen. They yeah. won't listen. There's a lot of that coming up. Um, <laughs> in just general celebrity news, James Brown was high on PCP in 1988 <laughs> and was involved in a high-speed chase with the police, and he was eventually convicted of assaulting an officer in possession of an unlicensed unlicensed firearm among other charges and spent three years in prison oh and my I, had goodness. No, I had no idea um the other weird car related thing was gary Busey got in his really severe motorcycle accident and was in a coma for 33 days mm-hmm. and that uh is many scientists attribute his very strange persona <laughs> Well, yeah, and that was back when he was, like, taken seriously as an actor, too, right? Like, yeah. he was in Black Sunday and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, Gary Busey was, like, the big, one of the biggest stars at the time. It's very funny to look back and see, like, who was famous? Um, <laughs> okay, this made me laugh because the Soviet Union canceled history exams that year because increased government transparency had revealed that the textbooks were filled with lies so maybe they will do that for us yeah i was was about (laughs) to say that actually uh seems like something we could possibly learn from yeah the year of our lord 2021 could be the year that we can just cancel history and rewrite it the correct way I'm just sorry. give everybody a history of Howard Zinn's history of the United States. Yeah, ta- tangent real quick, and maybe I'll cut this. Did I send you the photo of the Italian thing in Chicago? No. Okay, this week, okay, we had two statues of Columbus in Chicago, one in uh, Grant Park, one in um, Little Italy. Uh-huh. They're both, they're both like in storage right now, like the mayor took them down, but she's like, we'll put them up again someday because our mayor no. sucks. <laughs> Uh, so she took him down to avoid vandalism. So in Little Italy, um, the Italians who are at it again, uh, have have put up posters of like their favorite Italian Americans to celebrate their heritage. And like some of them are okay. Like some, when I say okay, I mean, some of them are Italian, 
like, like Joe Mario? Pesci and Rocky Marciano and, and you know Martin Scorsese or whatever. But then, uh, then there are some that uh, I did not know were Italian, and I would say if you were like name an Italian person, you wouldn't name these people like Alicia Keys, uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Uh, and uh, noted uh, famously Polish person Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send. We'll like maybe post these photos on the social because like this thing is fucking hilarious. But yes, I love this. Built this just bizarre. Basically, there should be a law in Chicago, and I'm asking my alderman to sponsor this, making it illegal <laughs> to be proud to be Italian. <laughs> Come on. The food and, is so good. And Be that proud. is and that is why we need to rewrite our history books. Okay. Okay. I, I'll vouch for that. <laughs> um, just a couple of things left here. We have um, this made me lose my mind. Britain's Prince Philip expressed that he had a wish. Should he be reincarnated, he would want to be a deadly virus that would reduce world population. So, so that's he's back. where it comes from. So he's back. What an asshole. Um, the top shows of the year have to cover this. Unfortunately, the first one is The Cosby Show. How You know, it was a good show. <laughs> the second was A Different World, followed by Cheers, followed by 60 Minutes, and my personal favorite, number five, The Golden Girls. Mm. Yeah, so that was 1988 in a nutshell. There's a lot going on that is a big deal and is not a big deal, but this movie was a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the um, most iconic uh, images from this movie is the fortune-telling Zoltar machine. And you, uh, if you've been to a carnival or something like that, you've probably seen very similar machines. But Nadia, my understanding is you got into some sort of Wikipedia hole on the history of the Zoltar machine specifically. Yeah, it, I, it spanned many websites. Um, but I, it's a fascinating, fascinating machine. And I wanted to deep dive a little bit into it. Um, the Zoltar machine is made by a company called Characters Unlimited in Nevada. The one in the movie, though, was not made by them, and the owner wants that to be very clear because <laughs> the one in the movie does not have moving eyes or hands, and they pride themselves on it being anatomically correct. Um, <laughs> the prop department from Big made this particular Zoltar machine. Um, the owner of Characters Unlimited is named Olaf Stanton, Interesting. And yes, and he there's a YouTube video that I encourage everyone to watch. It talks about how these machines are made. They are delicate, handmade machines, and Zoltar's teeth are made from a mold of Olaf's teeth. What the Do you Yeah, do you want to build a Zoltar? <laughs> that what? <laughs> like Olaf from Frozen? Do you want to build a Zoltar? No, I got that. It's funny because I was going to make a joke I was going to do a different Olaf joke. I was going to be like, this guy sounds like the fucking villain from a series of unfortunate events. But <laughs> Count Olaf. But. Yeah, he would, like, the, the interview, like, screeched to a halt. And he's like, yeah, I j the, the mold is made for my teeth. And then he bared all his teeth. So you'll get to see what Zoltar's teeth look like. Okay. Uh, it's a very interesting process that everything is handmade. The wigs, the goatee, everything is made by hand fascinating um i also found out that the zoltar machine from the movie was on display in on hollywood boulevard for a little while up until the uh recent past 
now I believe it's stored in a muse like meant to be put into a museum in the future mm-hmm. after COVID is over. Um, but somebody went to Rye Park Playland, which is the waterfront amusement park at the end, towards the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there is a Pepsi machine where that Zoltar machine is. Now. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. So that's funny because uh, there's a Pepsi machine in the movie. But um, interestingly, Tom Hanks did a bit with Stephen Colbert in 2016 where Stephen Colbert played Zoltar in the Zoltar machine. And Tom Hanks wanted to be 30 again because getting older isn't what it was cracked up to be. (laughs) And Zoltar was like, that's fine, but you need to give my screenplay big to Zoltar's quest to Colin Hanks, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was pretty great. Um, But oh yeah, overall, Zoltar is just a very fascinating character there are a lot of different types of fortune tellers that this company makes and they pride themselves that they are featured in big but not with their own product so interesting yeah okay well see folks even if you turn the podcast off right now you've learned something (laughs) please don't don't, though don't turn it off right now because we're about (laughs) to talk about the film yay uh okay so let's talk let's start with child josh um He's 13. He's got a baby sister. Uh, his parents uh, just uh, keep uh, bitching at him, I guess. Dude, why is his mom so annoying? And his, uh, well, it's okay. He gets his revenge by making her think her child has been abducted for six weeks. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so, she, you know, she's hounding him to take out the trash. We find out that he's really good at computers. He's playing he, a computer game yeah, at the beginning of the movie. He, just the most, like, I think there is, like, a scene at one point in the movie where he uses a five-inch floppy disk. Yes. Um, which is hilarious. But, yeah, just, like, a text-based, uh, what would you like to do to the ice wizard? And it's, like, melt with sword, like, type thing. Um, and then he's got a crush on... Uh, this, uh, just, you know, heavily 80s hair, uh, <laughs> girl who is taller than him, uh, and as we'll learn, much of the world is, in fact, taller than Josh. Yeah, he's a little guy, but he has a really cool best friend named Billy, who's a little bit of a perv, but <laughs> Billy is kind of the kid that he looks up to, and, uh, Billy wants him to, to get with this girl, and so he he does a little digging on her and is like she's available <laughs> which is very important because he ends up going to a, a carnival where she just happens to be yeah and he goes with his parents but then he's like no i want to i want to ride on the the death roller coast and this is like this is the kind of carnival where people die like oh yeah oh yeah it's like get a funnel cake die a little right um and and he's like there with his parents but then he sees the hot girl in the uh in line for the ride Mm -hmm. for the roller coaster and he's like mom dad okay just get away just get away i gotta be cool i gotta be cool and he he um basically cuts in line right to be with her and is like oh hey uh hey didn't see you there oh yeah this ride looks cool and not scary um and then she has a guy with her, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's and like, he's he... tall and he drives. And she's like, he can drive. And I'm like, okay, so two fucked up relationships in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love being so... able to drive and then being like, time to date an eighth grader. Nasty. <laughs> Nasty. So he's super fucking bummed because when he tries to get on the roller coaster, 
He's too short. He's too he short. Must, he must be this tall to ride, and he's not this tall. So he leaves, sadly, and sees something cool but kind of creepy. <laughs> An so, unplugged Zoltar machine. Unplugged Zoltar machine. So this is, like, kind of the first instance for me where I'm like, okay, how old is he? Because he's like, I'm 13, and I want to ride this cool roller coaster. But also, a fortune-telling machine seems kind of cool to me. Yeah. Which, yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to speak for all men, but I feel like any dude is going to be like, what is this cool thing, you know? Okay. I feel like the, the childlike wonder never goes away. I feel like we all should strive to have our inner child take over our instincts once in a while. Yeah. So so he, um, he kind of, you know, puts a quarter in the machine, bangs on it a little bit, and uh, eyes light up and... Uh, like okay shoot the coin into zoltar's mouth and make a wish and he says the i'm just gonna go ahead and say it extremely non-specific wish uh (laughs) i wish i was big (laughs) my mind went somewhere i didn't want it to go like oh yeah no my mind went there too so you're like what if he woke up the next day and he was still 13 but he had a 14 inch dick (laughs) yes horrifying but no no but but that little card comes out that tells him his wish is granted and he heads to bed it's a windy night yeah and he wakes up and he's tom Tom hanks Hanks. (laughs) sometimes i wish i was tom hanks one of the one of the first things he does after waking up is checks to see if his dick is 14 inches by the way (laughs) no he does yeah he does i'm not joking that's he does he does well he looks in the mirror and he's like who is this weird adult man and he hides because he thinks there's like a man in the mirror another michael jackson song that was popular that year (laughs) and he then he looks at his dick because he realizes he's an adult now Ah, i might as well check this out um i do i i think this is part of what makes the movie good they do not waste time getting to the story no, 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 no. That was that was like four minutes. That was that. It's like five minutes in. What women want took thirty minutes <laughs> to get to being able to read minds. This is a huge improvement. Like tight writing all the way through on this. Thank you, Spielberg. We uh, appreciate that. Um. So yeah. So, so his mom is telling him, you know, you got to come down for breakfast. You're a child, and he's like, no, I'm not, and <laughs> runs out of the house in wearing his dad's clothes, freaking out. He doesn't know what to do, so the first thing he does is go see his very smart pal, Billy, that he looks up to so much. Before we talk about Billy, <laughs> I just just imagine, I mean, like, I have a, a daughter, and I'm just imagining, like, waking up in the morning and going into her room and being like, it's time to get up, sweetie, and just instead of her is, like, a half-nude Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know... They they play around with the fact that his mom doesn't see him because he's like running in and out of rooms and yeah. stuff like that. And it's it's like it's a it's a cute bit, but there is a part where his mom grabs his pajamas that he was wearing as a child that are now ripped in half like he was the Hulk at nighttime. <laughs> She's like, "What does he do in his sleep?" <laughs> that would be my first clue that something magical was happening. <laughs> um, he sees Billy. Um, and as the Wikipedia summary of the film says, he reveals himself to Billy by saying a rap that only the two of them know. Yes, because Billy's freaking out because it's Stranger Danger. Who's Cause, this man? Because it's just fucking just a a, middle, a a 30-year-old man out of nowhere just being like, Billy, it's me. Yeah, and he's got a rap about it. 
And uh, and then Billy starts. Hey, rapping by the along. way, the the rap is country grammar, right? It's <laughs> it's it, Nelly. It's the, the original the like nursery rhyme that country grammar samples. Yeah. Yeah, this was Nelly. This was his first draft, and he presented it to Penny Marshall, and she's like, "Great, this will work perfectly." So that was like the huge indicator that this is actually Josh. Mm-hmm. And uh, they try to figure out what what's going on, and eventually Josh has to go back home and because he's scared, he needs to tell his mom what's going on. And unfortunately, as, as, as you can imagine, she freaks out. Does not work because again, if a grown man you've never seen before just walks into your house and says, "I'm I'm Josh, I'm your son," and you saw your son yesterday, and you're pretty sure he's thirteen. You're going to freak the fuck out. And in fact, I believe she threatens him with a knife. Yes, she does. And then she gives him his purses, like, take all the money you need. And yeah. he's trying so desperately to get his mom's love and help. And she just won't give it to him. So he ends up running away. And Billy helps him get a hotel room in New York. by Big stealing Apple, his, baby. Yeah, by stealing his dad's emergency fund from his top drawer and taking him to a hotel that's religious because it's called the St. James Motel. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so he camps out in this, I mean, it's a flop house, right? Like, he camps out there, and he's, like, this is kind of a wrenching scene, because he's sad, and he's alone, and he's scared, and uh, this is kind of, I would say, the other main problem I have with the film, besides the part where a grown woman fucks a 13-year-old boy, the other main problem I have with the film is, in order to, like, there was a plot hole, which is, like, well, having Tom Hanks do kid things for 90 minutes is great. That's great. But we have to, like, he's not going to be home with his parents, and we have to find a way to explain that. So what they go with is his parents think he's been abducted, (laughs) and they just think that for six weeks. Yeah, and because Tom Hanks' character keeps calling and writing letters and saying, I'll be back. But nobody checks, like, the return address. Nobody... (laughs) Nobody, what are those? The, the Nobody screens the call? Right. Yeah. So on day four, like not week four, day four, the police would be like, look, your son's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, you know, he keeps, as we see throughout the movie, he keeps checking in with his family and, you know, telling him that, telling them that he's okay. But uh, this scene where he is in the hotel room for the first night where he's really scared you know there's gunshots outside because new york is scary this is an actual representation of new york that i think is a little more believable than most movies well, and this is this is the pre-giuliani remember him pre-giuliani oh, yeah. <laughs> new york like Times square still had porn stores and sex workers and like it, it was it was a, a less um touristy family-friendly place i think yeah, yeah. So, and uh, th- the final moments of the scene are when a man vaguely speaks Spanish and yells into a phone saying, no, no, no. I tried to translate it, but mostly he's disagreeing with the people on the phone and then eventually gives a little bit of context, which is his wife doesn't make the decisions he does. And I was like, I don't know if this is racist because it's just like... <laughs> A, a, a Latino man is just yelling outside his door and, and Josh is just sobbing in bed because he's scared. I'm like, this guy's just having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, so so we've established kind of the um, 
the main conflict, right? Okay, Josh is big. Mm-hmm. Things have clearly gotten out of hand. Right. He needs to find a way to not be big again. And until yeah. that happens, he's going to hang out in New York and we're going to see Tom Hanks do things that a 13-year-old would do, but in Tom Hanks's body. Right, like eat Sundays for meals. Right. Like, I'm yeah. sold already. Like, that's I great. love it. I would do the same thing. Um, one, another kind of weird, weird note in the plot is Billy, his friend, is just like, oh yeah, I'll just come over and hang, he's gonna bridge and tunnel it every day, yeah. uh, from New Jersey to Manhattan, uh, to just hang out with a 33-year-old man. Yeah, and it's pretty obvious that we're supposed to see that Billy is kind of like Josh's role model. He's like yeah. the cooler kid who has like a little more life experience, he's like a little more street. Yeah. He's got, like, a cool little brown leather jacket and, like, a rat tail. And he uh, tries to help him just figure out what the hell to do. He needs to get a job, though, because, you know, you got to pay for a hotel in New York. And yeah. so he helps him look in the paper and uh, finds a job in the computer department at a toy store. Yeah, hang on. Let me get the – and my notes are handwritten here. But let me get the – other jobs that were in the classified ad in the paper one of them is cardiologist technician cardiological technician (laughs) josh could do it uh and a a couple other lines from here is josh says getting a job can't be tougher than school which is correct yeah (laughs) that's true um and the other thing they do as they're looking for jobs is they go to city hall because this is pre-internet, right? Mm-hmm. To figure out, like, where is the carnival going to be next? Because it's already left town, and we got to find that fucking Zoltar machine so we can make you a kid again. Right, and they there's actual bureaucracy that will tell you that information, but it takes about six weeks. It takes about six weeks. So, he interviews for a job in the, in the computer department, <laughs> and um, I do, and, and like, he said, I forget where he says he went to school, um it's but, called gw oh gw yes yeah. yeah and the and the interviewer's like oh did you pledge <laughs> tom hanks just like uh every day <laughs> i loved that line <laughs> which is a great line and this is where we get to what i think the real message of the film is and i love this message i'm not even being sarcastic the message is this your job is pretend and a child could do it Yes, I love that. It was love. so it's so real. It's so wonderful. He he that's something that I have learned is the less information that you can give someone, the more they will just fill in the blanks. Yeah. And I love that. Could a child do my job? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Could a child do my job? Probably. Probably. I mean, a child has to have a good command of Excel, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a good command of Excel, and I say that I do on my resume, so they'll be fine. Uh, so, so he starts doing work, and it—I mean, it's—it's a—it's a data entry job, right? He's got his old ass computer that's running DOS, right, on a yep. CRT monitor, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy in the cubicle next to him is John Lovitz. It's great, and he's telling him, "You gotta slow down, yeah, buddy. They, You're gonna make us all look bad." Making us all look bad, and then. Um, <laughs> One of his other key co-workers returning from Home Alone, uh, it is Pizzagate Dad. Pizzagate uh, Dad! He's still an asshole. Still an asshole in this movie. And of course, it makes sense that he would work at a toy company that gives him a steady supply of adrenochrome. But uh, he also, run at one point, literally bumps into the CEO of Macmillan Toys and to uh, his future lover, 
Susan. Susan, yes. Who I believe she plays like the receptionist in Ghostbusters, right? The same actress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but she yeah, doesn't. She's a gr- but she's a girl boss in this one. Yeah, she doesn't do the exaggerated like Brooklyn accent uh, in this movie. No. So uh, when he runs into Robert Loggia in the in the hallway, he spills all his paperwork, including Susan's paperwork. Oh man, it's a mess. Everyone's yelling. Everyone's upset. But Josh takes this opportunity to look down her shirt. Well, because I mean, he's thirteen. He's thirteen. He's and he's like titties. He doesn't, as we'll see later in the film, he may not have a one hundred percent accurate understanding of how sex works, no. but he knows a boob when he sees one. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, so so Robert Ludja likes the hustle, and he's like, yeah, cool, good for you, guy. And Pizzagate Dad takes it really personally. He's like, I hustle, and he runs away. Yeah. And But Tom Hanks just really wants to do a good job because it's his first day at his first job as his first day as a 30-year-old man. 30-year-old man uh, just at the computer. Um, and uh, another... <laughs> Another thing that made me laugh is when he gets his first paycheck, which, again, this is pre-direct deposit, so they literally would walk to your cubicle and hand you a check. Um, and it's He was a- so stoked. $187. $187? So excited. And Lovitz is like, yeah, they really screw you on the taxes. <laughs> <laughs> which makes me think... There's just, like, a lot of logistical things that I'm wondering as far as, like, the social security number that he, like, didn't know his own social security <laughs> number. He added 12 at the end because he was missing two digits. That's like, right. where, do, where do his taxes go? <laughs> like, does he get a W-2 at the end of the year? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't I don't know what's going on there. But in addition, favorite... in addition to statutory rape, tax fraud is being committed in this film. Yeah. Yeah, this will catch up to him later with his credit score. But the thing that made me laugh really hard was that he was calling to make a, to tell his mom that he was fine from his desk office <laughs> in front of all of his coworkers, just like pretending to be the guy that kidnapped who abducted his son, <laughs> their son, and the mom is threatening him, and like her version of big is like. A horror movie it's so like, <laughs> it's so harrowing and like for the i mean total there's like maybe five minutes spent on, in this film looking at it from the mom's perspective but it's so horrifying just horrifying like she she's living a thriller horror film and he's living a comedy but he's telling her like he's totally fine he'll be home soon and she's like i want to know for sure that he's alive and he says, okay, well, why don't you just tell me something that only he would know, and then I'll tell you what he says. And so she asks him to sing the song that she would sing to him when he was a little boy. And he sings Memory in front of all of his coworkers in his cubicle, and I just couldn't handle it. I'm like, make this call in the hallway, dude. So... So things are going okay uh, for him at yeah. work. And then he spends the weekend um, at F.A.O. Schwartz. Because uh, if you're 13, yeah, you go to the big toy store. Yeah, it, it no longer exists. Uh, it has been, got it got, it's an Apple store now. Yeah, this, this is the Times Square F.A.O. Schwartz store, right? So this is like where the M&M yeah. store would be and all of that, too. It's the it's the Upper West, or Upper East Side one. Um, oh, okay. I've been there before for my graduation present from NYU. My parents bought me my own Build Your Own Muppet. Nice! Yeah, it was pretty cool. That store is awesome. They did have the giant piano there when I was there. Well, sure, they're like not a, stupid. 
They're not stupid. And it's a really great place. Very sad that it's gone. But uh, it looks really fun because he's basically playing with all... He, like, opens toys and plays with them. <laughs> yeah. He's with like, the other children. He's, like, playing laser tag with other kids. You know how when you were a kid, you would just walk into a toy store and a strange man would be like, play with me? Yeah. <laughs> And is like, what's your name? Yeah. Um, so he's just having fun, and then he run, runs into Robert Loggia, uh, you know, probably most famous for his role in Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie, but he's also in this. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's like, doing his own marketing research and seeing what kids are excited about because he's the head of a toy company, and he actually gives a shit. Yeah. Which is the one part of the movie that I really appreciated. Yeah. The capitalist care. A CEO who gave a shit. Yeah. And because Tom Hanks, though he looks like an adult, is full of childlike wonder, he has all this really good practical feedback for, oh, no, that toy's not good. You know, there's not, it, it doesn't come with this, this, or this, or this one. You know, you get tired of playing with it after a day, you know. So Robert Loggia is like, you know, this guy might be able to help me out. Uh, and then, of course, um, they have the iconic uh, big piano duet uh playing the big piano with her playing heart and soul and playing chopsticks and it is just the most fun scene in like it, it there there's it, it's hard to imagine a scene that i have watched in a movie in the past couple of years that has put like as big a grin on my face as that yeah. as that scene it was very joyful very delightful i the innocence of it and just it was just great I can't imagine what the rehearsal process for that must have been like, but it must have been really fun. Yeah. This is this is one of the reasons why I feel like people love movies. Yes. And I don't I don't know about the moments like this in recent movies that people collectively are like, this is great. Yeah. But I guess maybe like that one part of the Avengers Endgame where like everybody comes back uh, and everybody oh, cheers. Oh, but like, fuck Marvel. No, you know what it is. Sorry. You know what it is. It's the scene in the Greta Gerwig Little Women where. Bob, I haven't seen that. Where Bob Odenkirk <laughs> comes in, first scene he's in the movie, it's like halfway in the movie, and he's like, ah, it's my little women. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm kind of sad at like the state of, of movies these days because I do miss this kind of like, like the I feel like the last time this happened was maybe Napoleon Dynamite where everybody knew every line yeah, from yeah, the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After they, they there's there a dance sequence. Do you, by the way, do you still like Napoleon Dynamite? Because I love it still. It's still hilarious. Okay, good, good. It's this great. is why we're friends. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I watched it recently. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was a a delightful, iconic scene, and it makes a lot of sense why. Unfortunately, the movie continues on, but I could have seen <laughs> another hour and a half of just them dancing on a piano. Okay, but imagine for a second how unbearable it would have been to walk into the FAO Schwartz in real life in 1989. <laughs> when there's it just been, everybody's doing some it. Everybody asshole is, just doing yeah. the baseline to heart and soul <laughs> everyone's like come on but it's cute you know the scene everyone starts watching everyone's excited yeah. it's 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 delightful um and because of that josh really super charms the boss and becomes the vice president <laughs> of toy development vice president of new product development for toys <laughs> um because and i can't state this enough work is pretend yeah <laughs> work is pretend yeah. a child could do any white collar corporate job anyways the, yeah. 
the uh, so so he sits in on uh, basically a pitch session, right? Uh, held by Pizzagate Dad, um, who uh, has basically what is a transformer that transforms between a robot and the Chrysler building. Right, which and, is and Josh dumb. is not paying attention because he's messing around with his toy, but it just it seems disappointing. It's not fun. No. As he puts it. And he's like, why does it turn into a building? Kids don't want to play with a building, which is true. <laughs> it's true. He that's good practical knowledge. And he says, Well, why doesn't it transform into like a bug, like a prehistoric bug? And, and everybody loses it. Just jumps out. It is, it is like fucking ad agency warm up at improv class where you're like, you could have a ladybug. That could be for girls. You could have bugs of different sizes. You could have bugs with wings. Everyone's like, mm-hmm, yeah, ooh, yeah. yeah. And Pizzagate Dad is pissed. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to have to murder three extra kids tonight. And so. <laughs> yeah, so he, he thinks that basically Tom Hanks' character is out to destroy his career and Susan is like, I I think that he was great. He had some great ideas. And this is, you know, the first seed planted that he is better than Pizzagate Dad. And that that's the other thing. So, like, I didn't realize this early in the film, and I think it becomes clearer later. So, like, Susan and Pizzagate Dad, like... Are fucking. Well, I knew they were fucking, but they, like, live together. I think she was over at his house. Okay. Because... The scene, okay, so they have a scene where they're eating breakfast together and he's in a robe, and it's a different apartment than the one that uh, Tom Hanks visits later in the movie. Okay. But so also, I think that they're they're just not committed. Yeah, maybe. Because there's one point where she's like, get your stuff out of my apartment, but that could have just been like your toothbrush or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know the logistics of like adult relationships <laughs> in the 80s, you know what I mean? But, but I, the point is they they're fucking. Best. They're definitely fucking. Yeah. <laughs> And they're definitely fucking. And then she's like, there's something about this Tom Hanks <laughs> yeah. that attracts me more strongly than yeah, so, uh, kind of this, I would say, old, world-weary Pizzagate dad. Tom Hanks has a sort of youthful exuberance about right. him, sense of childlike wonder that I want to fuck. And so no! uh, we get to so. the fancy party. We do. Before we get oh. to that, though, there are a few details about Josh's new career that I would like to point out. The first is that, you know, he's wearing a tie, but he is wearing like a fun version of a tie. And his outfits are a little less uh, stern and severe than his coworkers. And he also gets an assistant, which is played by Kitty from that 70s show. <laughs> Which I think is pretty great. And she's just so nervous around him because he's just such, so out there and he doesn't drink coffee and he asks for, you know, football games and mm-hmm. uh, on, on VHS and, and like Yoohoo. She, come, she came in with a, a tray of Yoohoo and chips for him to eat. Nobody is noticing that something might be wrong with this person. And, uh, and, and nobody ever questions it. And in fact, the, no, one, just like, the one time in the movie he tries to confess it to someone, she doesn't believe him. Exactly. exactly. And the other thing we failed to mention when we were talking about Pizzagate Dad and Susan at the apartment is that Josh's childhood photo is on the milk carton because yeah. he's missing. And it's his name, Joshua Baskin, is the same. He like he didn't give himself a new name in his job, so they they could have been like this. Yeah, is the little yeah. weird. The kid, the guy who works with us that 
acts like a child yeah. looks like this missing child. Oh, my God. Anyways. Child. Uh, and fancy party. Um, oh, and, and sorry. Something the other thing. Josh moves into a nicer happen? place, too, right? He moves in a really fucking nice place for Manhattan, by the way. Uh, yeah, he lives in he lives in Soho, and he's got a, a beautiful corner apartment yeah. with huge windows, and it's uh, he fills it with toys. Yeah, he puts in a trampoline. He puts in a bunch of toys, a Pepsi machine that we'll later learn he rigged up so you don't have to put money in it. I think this is like the coolest thing ever, and I would live in that apartment. If you if you're a 13 year old boy, that place would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, and we get to the fancy party, so it's it's like the company party, right? And Josh has rented just the most badass fucking white studded tux oh he looks so great it's got tails he's got his hair parted it's so baller um and then uh just so many great physical comedy moments of him trying the food and hating it trying the hors (laughs) d'oeuvres he's like double dipping the carrots and the ranch over and over and over and over he's eating a baby corn like you would eating the tiny baby corn is so good like a little corn on the cob and then he tries, uh, what, what is it? Caviar. Caviar. He tries, caviar just, like, spits it out immediately, like, has to wipe a napkin on his tongue. It's funny because when Joshua was a 13-year-old boy at the beginning of the movie, he didn't act like this. No, and that's <laughs> kind of some, I would say, continuity issues in the script. Yeah, but, but that's okay. But, um, anyways, the important thing of what happens at the party is Susan walks up and starts throwing herself at him. Yeah, because he's he's not as annoying as Pizzagate Dad. Pizzagate yeah. Dad's just talking shit about everybody, talking about stats at a party. But <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's talking shop. Um, yeah, but, you know, she tells Josh, like, let's get out of here. I got a car. Like she's okay. So let's let's talk about this for a second before before we get into her trying to fuck him. <laughs> um, so she's throwing herself at him. Like she may as well have walked up to him at one point and uh, just like dropped her panties on his little passed out plate. <laughs> and he uh, he is not picking up the signals at all. Well, no, because he he's is, thirteen. Right, but even when you're thirteen, he knows to look at a boob. That's like, true. Like, he's big like a man, but he's not horny like a man. And I think that's a big <laughs> miss. <laughs> okay, that's true. And you know what? I'm thinking pe- back to when I was 13. I also was as clueless as Josh was when it came to, you know, people making moves or like yes. anything like that. So I thought that was pretty believable. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. But like whatever okay so she's like hey hey, you want to get out of here uh which is like if you were actually 33 you'd be like oh okay this this woman would like to fuck me she wants Um, my penis yes exactly (laughs) and so uh so they leave and they uh they ride in her limo (laughs) to josh's place yeah and let's okay and then we got to talk about the exchange outside the apartment as well right but the limo ride you know when you're 13 you hit all the buttons you turn the radio on you climb out the sunroof Mm -hmm. and uh they they touched on this in 13 going on 30 which is a similar which is the same movie (laughs) which is the same movie but i think really really good um and he sees his apartment and she's like oh do you want to go to your place 
the limousine hauls ass in reverse and they make it to his place where she clearly wants to fuck. So, okay, so that's the other thing. The limousine hauling ass and well, okay, so they get to his place <laughs> and and she's like, well, you know, I, I hope uh, hope you think I'm not being too forward. And he's like, with what? And she's like, you know, with spending the night. And he says, you mean like a, you mean like sleeping over? Yeah. And she says, yeah. And he says, okay, but I get to be on top. And the joke is that he has bunk beds in his apartment, right? Right. But he should he should have no at thirteen, he should have been able to figure that out. I mean, would he though if he was like a computer pl- like game playing Spider Man walkie talkie <laughs> using kid? Uh, well, okay, you bring up a good point. So you think he thinks still at this point that like sex is when you pee in a girl's belly button? Oh my god! What the fuck? <laughs> what the, is that something that boys believe? I don't know. It's like, you know, a kid who doesn't actually know what sex is. He's Maybe. like, oh, my, oh, my dick feels weird, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. I mean, I don't know what that's like. But I feel like based on what I know, he still wears like superhero underwear. And he uses a, a Spider-Man walkie-talkie with his friend. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that he's an apt or like a super well he's not suave no he's he's like maybe 11 mentally (laughs) i think making him 13 makes this whole thing even worse i know i know i I don't but i don't i think in the 80s you know kids didn't grow up as fast as we did i think by 13 we were probably like you know, you could download a picture of like I don't know something. It <laughs> of, takes of a wh- Cindy Margolis in a bikini. Yeah, and it takes uh, a while to thing. download, but you know. You I just want to be clear when I'm making these specific references, <laughs> listeners. It's it's because it's I'm just riffing. These are just riffs. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. I think mentally he's actually younger, which does make this worse. But like I don't know, based on like the props in his room and his costuming, I'm gonna yeah. say he's not gonna know about this stuff. Yeah, because she goes into his apartment, and you can see on her face a little bit of the, damn bitch, you live like this. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, all right, I got a Pepsi machine. You want a free Pepsi? You want to jump on the trampoline? And she's like, no. And she's being kind of a a downer, and he's just like, you know, he's full of wonder and whimsy and gets her on the yeah. trampoline. They end up having a great time. Until it's yeah, time to go to bed. Yeah, she rediscovers her sense of, of, of wonder, and then, it, like you said, it's time to go to bed. Yeah, it was probably like nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they, I mean, she sleeps in a friggin' football jersey in the bottom bunk, and he jumps on the top bunk, and and they have a very lovely platonic evening together. It's very sweet. Uh, He's very sweet to her and gives her a little glow-in-the-dark compass ring. So she never oh, gets yeah. lost. It's sweet. It's just very sweet. And she mistakes that for romance. Yeah. And then uh, so does Pizzagate Dad. Oh, yeah. He says, it's it's time for me to exact the most brutal revenge I can imagine. I'm going to uh, challenge him to a game of, like, fucking pickleball. <laughs> Okay, okay. So I have to tell you, I remembered this part of the movie very differently because in my notes, I headlined this scene, Pizzagate Dad and the Serious Injury. 
But I, but what I forgot was the serious injury that I was remembering was from the while you were sleeping, the story about how Peter Gallagher's okay. testicle got or his testicle gets yeah uh, gets stabbed by a pencil. Yeah, so I was like, I was waiting for somebody to bring out a pencil in this movie. I was like, oh no. Yeah. So this this is like really the only I would say man versus man conflict as opposed to man versus big version of himself. Right. And so uh so he's just like I'll show him and then just like plays him really hard in pickleball. Uh <laughs> some something that Josh clearly doesn't give a shit about. No, no, all. but he really uh he follows the rules that Pizzagate Dad set at the beginning and then Pizzagate Dad tries to like go back on his rules and they end up getting into a oh scuffle. on the fault line yeah 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 they end up getting into a scuffle and pizzagate dad punches him in the face <laughs> which we don't see which would have been great yeah we see um, josh touch a boob as a 13 year old boy but we don't see a grown man punching a 13 year old boy you know what i mean yeah <laughs> so uh so um so that's kind of the end of the conflicts between him and Pizzagate Dad. Now Pickleball Dad. And, uh, and that's kind of kind of all it comes to. And then uh, Susan is like, Pickleball Dad, I want you to get out, get your stuff out of my apartment because I want to fuck Josh instead. Yeah. Um, Josh and Billy. Uh, time passes. Josh and Billy celebrate Josh's birthday at Italian Benihana. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, um, and, before, uh, before we move on to that, the, the yeah. part about the Pizzagate or Pickleball Dad and Susan and their breakup, um, he just doesn't get why she wants to break up with him. And she says, he's a grown-up. Great line. Loved it. Great line. Loved it. The irony. Yeah. So This is what uh, irony is, not Alanis' song. There's another great line that comes later when Billy yells, I'm three months older than you, asshole. Yeah, um, that one's really good. That's a great line. It's such a 13-year-old kid thing to say. So good. So well done. Anyways, Billy's commuting uh, from New Jersey every day. <laughs> and he goes uh, to see Josh on his birthday. So he's Josh 14. Was... So he's 14. So that still doesn't make no, it great. No, it doesn't make it great. And also his uh this is not explored in the film but it is explored in the broadway musical adaptation of the film which we'll talk about in a little bit um josh's parents have to celebrate his birthday thinking their son has been abducted Ugh. and is being tortured in a storage unit somewhere <laughs> horrible just horrifying <laughs> and it, but instead josh is actually you know in new york chilling with an older lady and ditching his best friend billy D- Ditches his friend. He's like, yeah, I got a date tonight. He goes out with Susan to, um, to like another fucking car. Oh no, he goes to Coney Island. Is what yeah, he does. Yeah, he goes to Coney yeah. Island. He ditches his friend for a girl, which I believe is around this time where that lesson needs to be learned. Like, don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, and they walk by a Soltar machine. But he doesn't even notice because she is again just saying so many things that amount to i want to fuck you so bad this is a very interesting um acting choice just well i guess she doesn't have much to work with script wise yeah it, penny marshall was like elizabeth can you give me more horny <laughs> yeah so but just just like i've been thinking about you yeah and and like is like let's go dance intimately in public yeah. and and tells him all these 
these things and then kisses his neck gently. It, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Very cringe, cringe. Yeah. But not nearly as cringe <laughs> as what comes next. Oh. Uh, so, uh, so they go back to Susan's place, and then, uh, you know, he. we don't have any dialogue in this scene, presumably. Tom Hanks is saying, like, my dick is getting hard and I don't understand it. Uh, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, and then she uh, takes off her, her top. We see her in her slip. And Tom Hanks touches her boob very slowly. Very gently. Uh, very gently because he's never touched a boob before. And then uh, we... So, oh, and she, like, is about to turn the lights off, and he's like, no, 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 leave them on. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and and then you cue, birthday sex, birthday sex. Yeah, just just smash cut to him coming out of the elevator, new spring in his step. Like, the message is, he has clearly just fucked. He's underage. <laughs> and we're supposed to be like, he's, oh! He's mentally 11. Yeah. <laughs> And and it's played a hundred percent for laughs. And while this movie is delightful, you can't like you cannot get around this scene. This no. is like a this is like a major turning point in the plot of the film. Mm-hmm. And because you know this establishes that she is his girlfriend. Also, so this is not only his first sexual relationship but this is his first relationship relationship Relationship, yeah and there's a montage of him doing adult relationship things like meeting her friends helping her friends kids with their homework and people saying oh he's wonderful he's a great guy and and susan believing more and more that he's the one yeah yeah okay so (laughs) the bubble bursts the bubble bursts because um Tom Hanks gets put in charge of, like, he's got to write up a proposal for a new line of toys. Uh, during which, by the way, he invents the iPad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he invents this electronic game. It's like a comic Electronic book. comic book, it's yeah. It's a comic book, yeah. So a screen brings up the pictures, and then you click on different options, and it'll give you a new story every time you pick a new option. Yeah. Which so, I think it's just the the choose your own adventure electronically. Yes. I, ha- I had one of those that was Super Mario themed. It was pretty good. Yeah. So um, so w- he is working with Susan on this uh, proposal. And basically she wants to DTR uh, in the middle of their working together at her place. What's DTR? Define the relationship. You didn't <laughs> use DTR? Is that a Midwest thing? It might be. What the fuck? I, I you were just saying it so cavalierly like i had to know what that means i did not know that was what that meant yeah define the relationship like <laughs> you know what's going on man what are we right okay okay now i know thank you how do you how do you feel about listeners if you've heard the term dtr please tweet at us and say uh, use the hashtag tony was right no uh so well, it's better than hashtag Nadia was wrong. So yeah, exactly. So uh, so she's like, "How do you feel about all of this?" And he's like, "How do I feel about what?" Which is the wrong response. Not a good move. And uh, <laughs> she she's like, "You know, you know, like she really won't be forthright about it." Which you need to be when he's mentally eleven. 
I'm sorry, if you're mentally 11 and you fucked, how is that not literally the only thing you are thinking about for, like, the next three months? <laughs> maybe that was a, maybe that was a weird way to phrase that question. <laughs> She she finally comes out with it and is like, you know, about you and me. And he gets all shy and just kind of, like, smacks her with a magazine. And they never talk about it again. <laughs> which, which I feel might be pretty accurate yeah. with how communication works as adults. Um, but, yeah, yeah. unfortunately... The, his mom is still sad because <laughs> she thinks her son's dead <laughs> and billy is getting rid of all of his stuff because he's pissed off that he got ditched by his best friend for a girl got ditched by his best friend for a girl but also he goes to visit josh in his office because he's like hey here's where the zoltar machine's gonna be oh yeah and josh is like i gotta work on my fucking job which he does not because work is pretend but uh billy's like dude this is like what are you saying? You got to do your job. You got to be with your girlfriend. You need to be 13 again. And Josh, like, brushes him off. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot of responsibilities. And, and that's when Billy says the iconic line, I'm three months <laughs> older than you, asshole. Um, Such a good line. Yeah, but, you know, Josh has lost his perspective here. He fucked yes. and he lost his perspective. <laughs> Which is what happens. It's also what uh, season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is about. Honestly, so. yes, poor Angel. <laughs> uh, so, so he, you know, he's horny and has a girlfriend and has a job and has an income that's getting him a great apartment in Soho. But he's like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> yeah. Well, he like goes for a walk and he sees other parents with their families, and he's like, "Oh right." <laughs> oh yeah, I'm mentally eleven. My parents. Yeah, and so, uh, we, so we, we go and check in on his mom, who's in his room, very sad. Yeah. And uh, Billy is like, it's okay, because, you know, they live next door. You can see her through the window. They talk through the window, and Billy's like, he's going to come home soon. Like, he knows. Like, he's he's this wise little 13-year-old boy who knows things. But he actually does, because he knows mm-hmm. that there's something magical afoot. And So, Josh... Yeah, Josh finally decides, I gotta make it right, and that starts with coming clean to Susan, which is an enormous mistake. Yeah, she takes it as, she's just projecting all her bullshit onto him about him not wanting commitment and all right. the adult things that come. And when I, say, when I say come clean to Susan, folks, he goes to Susan and he says, I'm a child. Yeah, he's like, I want to go home. And she's like, you're married? He's like, no, 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 I'm a child. And she's like, you don't think there's a scared child inside of me, too? You're just afraid of being happy, which is, you know, pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, but he's like, no, I made a wish on a Zoltar machine, and then I woke up. You had sex with a 13-year-old boy. That's the part that he never touches on. (laughs) We do, mentally. He never does. Neither does she. Um, So, yeah, They, they get in a big old fight. Josh has to do this presentation apparently you know they make this big fight and he's he's got to think about work first because he's an adult now and finally uh you know presents his great idea everybody loves it and he just fucking leaves (laughs) he leaves he leaves he's like i gotta go yeah and uh and he 
he just goes to the sea park right mm-hmm. uh the new york seaside park or whatever where the machine is um he goes there susan chases after him uh classic follow that cab moment <laughs> um and uh and actually susan runs into billy right yeah and, she, and he's like who are you she's like i'm his girlfriend and he's just <laughs> i love that part uh so josh makes it back to the park and he makes a wish on his old time machine uh to be a kid again and uh he gets a your wish is granted card and uh, susan catches up to him and and she like between seeing the zoltar machine and like having billy explain it to her she's like pieced it together and she realizes like she's gonna lose him yeah she's like i that explains it that i that explains all the pieces have snapped into place yeah but not at single moment in this movie does anybody ask how did this happen like (laughs) it's magic it's magic but who who is the magic zoltar Uh, she yeah it's zoltar zoltar's magic all right uh great line here where she says so where they're like hanging out at the at the looking out at the atlantic um after he's made the wish but before he becomes a kid again because as we know from the beginning of the film takes a couple hours right uh but she says so how old are you really just kind of like laughing nervously like trying to figure out what level of felony what class (laughs) of felony she's committed how old are you really like 15 16 and he's like 13 so does that mean that he was 12 and that he turned 13? Oh, God, you're right, because he had a birthday. Oh, God. Oh, no, it's worse. Oh, no. He was 12. Oh, no. oh he, but he had sex when he was 13 because it was his birthday. It actually makes more sense that he doesn't know what sex was. Okay. 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 All right. Everything's you know what? good. You know what? Movie Movie's okay now. <laughs> um, oh, God. But, yeah, so they're walking away, and she's like, well, maybe you should keep my number. Well, what he says, and this is actually the heartbreaking part of the film. Oh. What he says is, you could be, you could come back with me. Like, you can make a wish on the machine. Because apparently this machine just makes you whatever fucking age you want. He's <laughs> 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 like, you can, you can come back with me. You can be a kid with me. And she's like, I already did that. Yeah. And it was hard enough the first time. Ugh. However, being 33 now uh and comparing it to when i was 13 i actually think i would go back to being 13 yeah oh Uh, definitely now part of that is because being 33 is also accompanied by a global pandemic and our country's backslide into fascist violence however (laughs) yeah however uh yeah there's part of me that uh that would be a kid again uh if i could if i could keep the knowledge that i have now i think i'd be a really cool kid Yes. Yeah, and I wouldn't um, sweat all the small stuff that I used to sweat back then. Exactly. Yeah. And I'd probably start listening to The Offspring earlier. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be afraid of my mom finding out I listened to The Offspring. Wait, 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 wait. So does this mean that you would go back in time to be 13, or you would be 13 now? I don't think I would want to be 13 now. I wouldn't either. It yeah. sounds terrible. You yeah. have the internet, TikTok. Yeah. I don't want uh, a TikTok. Oh, no, absolutely not, no um <laughs> too much too much brain power to be so there. she she drives him back across the state line which is also a crime and <laughs> she, she, and and she uh you know he gets out of the car and wait walks. wait before that before that moment yes there is a moment where they lock eyes 
and yes, Josh yes, goes yes. in for a kiss, and then he gets swerved. She gets swerved and she, so hard. She get, she kisses him on the forehead because he's thirteen. Because he's thirteen. Because because you know she it would be great if after she kissed him on the forehead she like whispered to him at the end of Lost in Translation, and what she whispered was like, "This is weird now." <laughs> Yeah, but instead he just gets out of the car, waves as an adult, as Tom. As Hanks. an adult, as an adult. And then she looks down and looks back up. Boom. Child. Child. And he's flopping around on his giant shoes, the giant flopping suit around on. Giant grown up person suit, and she's looking at him like, oh no. No, she's not. She's smiling at him, and that's the <laughs> worst part. Instead of thinking, I fucked that kid, she's like, that is a kid, and I liked him, and I'm leaving. Yeah, that dick's so good. Ah! And so he, <laughs> he goes back to his house. His mom screams. They have her son back. And then we kind of fade out, heart and soul playing in the background as he and Billy go off to their next game of stickball or whatever. <laughs> and so and that's the end. That's the end. You know, I... tight, tight 100 minutes anchored by a wonderful performance love this movie one of the best ones we've watched i just want to talk about tom hanks's performance here the the moment when he tells susan that he wants to go home he is just so that moment is so beautiful i teared up he just was just so genuine in this performance in so many ways so played it so honestly and so lovely that i was able to overlook how creepy it was at certain moments and then towards the end when you saw the other actor child i was like no 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 no, this is bad <laughs> this is horrifying yeah yeah but overall a great performance um they did t- when when i don't know if we'll ever do 13 going on 30 with this but um there is a scene in 13 going on 30 where jennifer gardner's boyfriend wants to have sex with her and she's like grossed out by it and is like no 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 and then they (laughs) never kind of touch on that subject again and i feel like this movie could have done that but yeah they didn't so (laughs) watch 13 going on 30 they handle it better yeah uh so uh instead of reviews nadia i have something different uh and i want to talk about all the times that this movie has been remade Oh, yes, the musical and that one movie, Little. Yes, yes, but more than that. Oh! Um, there were two attempts to make a TV series. I don't think any of them, like, even picked up their back nine episodes. What? Um, two attempts to make a TV show. There was a Bollywood rom-com film in 2004 titled Nani, N-A-A-N-I. Uh, but... Uh, there are three main uh, remakes I want to focus on. The first is, of course, the musical, Big the Musical, which I saw uh, on its national tour. Wow. Uh, originally uh, ran in 96 uh, for six months, was a horrible bomb <laughs> um, in 96. Uh, then it got a rewrite. It toured in 98. I think that's when I saw it. Um, and it did a little better. Um, so uh, have you seen the Broadway musical? I have not. I did listen to a couple of the songs in preparation for this, and I yeah. didn't like it. <laughs> it's darker than the film is. Okay. There's, For example, there's more um, focusing on the mom's grief oh, as a plot point. That's so sad. <laughs> so I, uh, I wouldn't say I necessarily recommend it. Um, of course, Nadia, you already referenced a film that came out, uh, just two years ago in 2019 called Little, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically the What Men Want 
of big <laughs> in the sense that it is gender flipped, it is age flipped, and uh, also it is race flipped. Uh, because it stars Regina Hall, Issa Rae, and Marci Martin. Uh, bullied as a child, businesswoman Jordan Sanders has become the bully as she runs her own tech company like a dictator and treats her employees very poorly. After a rude encounter with Jordan, uh, a child uses a toy magic wand and wishes for Jordan to be a kid again to take her down a peg. The wish comes true the next morning when Jordan wakes up as her 13-year-old self. With her assistant April temporarily taking over the company, Jordan is forced to return to the school where she was previously bullied. Wow, I won't watch that. No, neither will I. <laughs> um, but uh, the main thing I want to focus on is, of course, a film that came out a year before Big in Italy, which some people think Big uh, plagiarized. <laughs> so uh, Big is an original screenplay. It was nominated for original screenplay at the Oscars, but there was an awfully sim similar film that came out in Italy in 1987 called Da Grande, which is, of course, Italian for Big. Uh, so, uh, rom-com, uh, directed by Franco Amuri. Um, <laughs> Why do you do that? And so, uh, this, uh, the plot focuses on eight-year-old Marco Marinelli, who is a, uh, bedwetter. He's scolded by his mother, uh, who is played, of course, by Ottavio Piccolo, and teased by his classmates. <laughs> on his birthday, he finds out that his father, who is facing economic difficulties, hasn't brought him the Lego set he was promised. He runs in tears to his room and puts all his heart into wishing he were big and not subject to these indignities. As a result, he immediately bursts through his clothes in the uh, body of a 40-year-old man, played by Renato Pozzetto, and seeks... <laughs> now, this is where it starts to get a little fucked up. Seeks refuge in the house of his school teacher Francesca, oh, no. uh, with whom he's secretly in love. No. But mentally, he's still eight years old, uh, oh, and it's he's eight. 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 <laughs> and it's it's a puzzle what to do with him until someone discovers. And again, I feel this is a little fucked up. He has an uncanny rapport with children. So oh, no. just. This 40-year-old man who appeared out of nowhere that's really good with kids becomes a full-time, highly in-demand babysitter. Oh, <laughs> but, my God. Yeah, but shortly after that, uh, he's suspected of abducting the, <laughs> by now, uh, long-missing child Marco. Uh, so uh, he just kind of immediately... Um, like just kind of without warning without using a magic machine or anything he turns back into the eight-year-old boy while he's being chased by police <laughs> and uh he leaves a letter to his teacher francesca who upon realizing that the boy and the man were the same person uses the magic to join him as a little girl oh so my so you can see kind of if big did adapt this film uh -huh. and that plot line is basically just lifted from wikipedia uh, as was the one for little but um if big did adapt this film you can see you can see that like gary ross and ann spielberg were like no nah, it's fucked up that he's eight um <laughs> so we'll make him 13 <laughs> yeah okay well then uh, that makes sense that mentally he is younger than 13 yeah okay um still doesn't make it do better no, it doesn't make it better. No. Do our, do our friends at commonsensemedia.org have anything to say about this film? Every single comment was about <laughs> him being 13 and fucking an adult. Every single yeah. one. Every well, single one. 
difficult to get around this. Yeah, there was one that I thought was pretty funny based on that scene, but it took a a turn I did not expect. So (laughs) Common Sense user Bibliomaniac Mom says, Great 80s movie, but I'd forgotten about the language and sexuality. I watched this recently with my 13 and 12-year-old, and they got to watch Tom Hanks act in his geniusly hilarious way. But they also got to see him exploring Elizabeth Perkins' breast as a boy for the first time. I tried to look at the scene from their perspective, young tweens who are curious about sexuality and how love love is expressed and what this scene can teach them. Not a bad message, except that the characters, as usual, immediately hop into bed. One of the biggest messages Hollywood tells our kids is that foreplay always leads to intercourse. That's not always the case, and I want my daughters not to receive that message. I hope they didn't. I hope that what they received was an evening full of laughter, which is what I intended. Yeah, so just to that woman's daughters, if foreplay gives you an evening full of laughter, it's okay to call it a night. And I think that that's really the message that we all can take away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Generally, everybody focuses on just how fucked up it is. I don't, I don't know how they didn't see that back then. I really, really don't. But I mean, this movie is still somehow very delightful. So it is. It really is. That's the thing. Yeah. This is by far one of the better films we've ever watched. I think I don't think this would have worked if it hadn't had Tom Hanks in it. No, no, and and you know he he sells. I mean, it's kind of like the Mrs. Doubtfire thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. you have such a wonderful performance in the lead role, yeah, Oscar nominated performance in both cases. Uh, you um you can kind of overlook how fucked up all the rest of it is. Exactly. Well, I have a a statement that could be controversial yet brave, but I don't <laughs> think that there are performers out there that can do something like this uh in comedy absolutely not i don't think so yeah i think that these kinds of heartfelt like delightful movies are 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 difficult to pull off i can't even i can't even like think of any i can't think of any movie that would be anywhere comparable to a bit like you know i mean and that's because family comedy family live action comedies don't exist anymore as a genre no no and and when they do exist they're very over the top and poorly acted and and you know shrek ruined everything (laughs) where it's like you need to either do fart jokes or pop culture references and that's it right and then Um, family guy ruined everything well yeah also that (laughs) we, we know why but i okay if any of our listeners can think of a performer that has become popular in the recent past who could pull off something like this? Tweet at us so that we can say yes or no. <laughs> yeah, and use and use the hashtag. Tony was right. Okay. And so, and so, like, it, it, yeah. It, it, nowadays, if you want to watch comedy, it's either an R-rated comedy or it's fucking Minions. Yeah. And, and, that, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even joking when I say no, you're that. Right. Though you're right. It's you're like, right. The only one that I think will I'll let it slide is Mega Mind. I love that movie. Okay, well, that's good to know. I have not seen that one. That's a good one. Uh, uh, but in any event, uh, any final thoughts, Nadia, besides we can't make movies like this anymore? Um, I just love Tom Hanks, and I think I'll watch some more Tom Hanks movies in the near future. Just He's just Ab- so good. 
He's just so good. Yeah, what about you? What'd you take away from all of this? You know, I really uh, was not expecting to like this movie as much as I did. I expected my cynical, um, <laughs> Grinch-sized heart to uh, to basically uh, be like, ah, he's gonna fuck a lady, but um Wait, but you've seen honestly, this before, right? E- say that again? You've seen this before. Yeah, I have seen this before. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but uh but honestly it's just it's so great it's, it's so just good. absolutely delightful put puts a smile on your face um and i i feel like i really could have used that <laughs> this week yeah so. yeah this is definitely a movie to watch during our trying times for sure um yes. definitely not the same caliber of what we're going to be talking about next week <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that yeah so just uh, enjoy this week just enjoy this week uh probably should have facebook instagram twitter we love you uh we'll see you next week bye i've let a pair of arms enslave me oft times before but more than just a thrill you gave me yes more much more Heart and soul I fell in love with you Heart and soul The way a fool would do Madly Because you held me tight And stole a kiss in the night Heart and soul I begged to be adored Lost control and stumbled overboard gladly that magic night we kissed there in the moon mist oh but your lips were thrilling